From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is On Second Thought. I'm Virginia Prescott. Horror movies have changed through the years, but there's one thing you can count on. Screams. Throw your arms across your eyes and scream, man. Scream for your life! We collected those shrieks from Fay Ray and King Kong, Meryl Streep in Big Little Lies, Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween, Janet Lee in Psycho, and producer Amelia Brock expressing primal fear in the GPB studio. Why do we scream? How does it serve us and other species as we've evolved? Well, these are some of the questions guiding psychologist Harold Gazoulis and students at Emory's Bioacoustics Lab, which he runs, and he's here to tell us more using your inside voice, please. <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> Welcome. Glad to have you here. And your background is in animal behavior. And before you got to humans, you were looking into basic animal screams. How widespread is screaming in animals? Yes, that's right. We, we Our interest in screams began when my wife, Sarah, and I were postdocs at the Rockefeller University. And a big question at the time was whether or not animals had the capacity to communicate about things in their external worlds. Mm -hmm. Going back to Darwin... The idea was that animals communicated about their emotions, but that was it. But with respect to the evolution of language, the issue of external reference is important. We have the capacity, of course, to communicate about things in our external worlds. And to what extent do animals have that capacity? So oddly enough, we looked at screams in monkeys because screams are used to recruit support in fights. Clearly to us, something was being communicated, something quite specific about the fight and the seriousness of the situation. So it suggested that screams were communicating something very clear to allies in the social group. Now, with respect to how widespread screams are, they are indeed almost universal across species. Birds scream, various species of mammals scream, even those that don't have very elaborate vocal repertoires, like rabbits. If you look at YouTube and search for rabbit screams, you'll probably laugh at the outcome because it sounds so human. And the same is true with goat screams. So these are vocalizations that are conserved evolutionarily. In other words, they haven't changed very much. Even some frogs will scream. And why they are widespread? They probably had their origins with respect to escape from predation. Mm -hmm. Predator has a victim in its jaws and it's doomsday, but a loud sudden vocalization that potentially startles that predator Gives Might that drop it from their mouth? Absolutely right. All right, we're going to save people a Google search and hear some screams from Here is a Rabbit. A goat. And finally, a frog. <laughs> Isn't that remarkable? Oh my goodness, but it is kind of horrifying. I mean, if, it, if the effect is to get somebody to <laughs> be startled, it's working on me. Absolutely. They're sudden and loud and piercing. But it also raises the hairs on the back of my neck. I mean, I hear pain. Is it a cry for help as well? Well, it comes to be. Nobody's going to help a frog. A frog isn't going to help another frog. And the same is true for rabbits. You know, it's every every rabbit for himself. But how about herself. a monkey? But a monkey? 
monkeys are very social and they have um, alliances that are mostly kin-based, relative-based. And the acquisition and maintenance of dominance in the social group is dependent upon these alliances and the ability to recruit. So screams have come to serve in a more elaborate way. They, they will indicate when there's a severe threat or when some, somebody from lower in the hierarchy is challenging. So they use different screams to communicate. But the interesting thing is that these screams all concern fights. Now, with humans, it gets more interesting. Okay, because, let's hear. Well, with humans, as you, everybody knows, but probably hasn't thought about it too much, but we scream not only for pain and fear, but in aggression and ex- in excitement. Mm-hmm. And some people have startle screams. You see a cockroach, whereas you see a mouse, and a, a scream will come out. So we use screams in a, more, in a wider range of situations, contexts, and emotional states, which makes it really interesting. It's kind of like laughter, where some non-humans will laugh too. You tickle a chimpanzee and it'll give its version of a laugh. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 oh. But that's all they do in terms of laughter. And we, we humans, have laughter that is fake or derisive. or So we are able to use nonverbal communication in more elaborate ways than animals do. And I think that has to do with language. Our language, the fact that we have language, gives us the ability to, to use non-linguistic vocalizations in a more elaborate way than animals are capable than of. Than just the one scream. Exactly. I'm speaking with Emory psychologist Harold Gazoulas. His research at the Bioacoustics Lab uncovers the intricacies of the human scream, and we brought him here <laughs> to scream it from the rooftops. Well, let's do that. Let's put my ears to the scream test, and you can you can play along at home. Uh, so what are we trying to identify here? We're going to hear a couple different screams and see what kind of screams they are? Sounds, sounds good to okay. me. Okay, <laughs> you're going to go with that. Here's the first one. Okay, what do you think? Terror, fear, oh my, something something startled, it sounds like to me? Not quite. Okay, what? That, that's excitement. Oh, really? <laughs> that's actually a, about an 11-year-old girl opening a present, and it's so exciting. And yes, she is so full of excitement that that's what comes out of her mouth. Okay, well, clearly I don't belong in your bioacoustics lab yet. Let's hear, hear the next one. Okay, how about that? Uh, that that definitely sounds scared, like absolutely terrified, That's a, a, intense fear. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, next. <laughs> <laughs> it's not joy. No, as a matter of fact, it's not even a scream, although it mimics a scream in terms of some of the acoustical features. That's what? just it's a whistle. Well, is it? That's okay. a whistle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we we threw in some non-scream sounds to present to our participants in our in our studies just to see exactly how they map this concept of scream and again certain sounds can mimic a scream so that that whistle is high pitched it's about the same duration as a scream it's got the same kind of um, pitch changes and so most people think oh that's a scream they probably think it's a child because it's so high pitched I wanted to ask you, I mean, children, you see, we've all witnessed children having a fit, right? 
I would assume that that scream is because it's a lack of language, a lack of ability to communicate what's wrong with them. Is that correct? Well, they scream not only when there's something wrong with them, but, very but just happy, for ecstatic. the joy mm-hmm. of screaming. I mean, my, my speculation is that even ancestral children in our evolutionary past screamed in this way. And it's a way to get a parent familiar with the scream of their own children. Uh-huh. So they so, could they could pick it out in a crowd if they heard their own kids screaming. That's my suspicion, yes. Well, well, tell me more about that, because that's part of your research. It's not just the nature of the scream, but who is actually screaming and the identification. So how how is that revealing something about the way that we communicate with each other or react to each other in a social way? Well, screams are important. They get attention. No matter what the context, mm-hmm. screams are attention-getting. And another fascinating area, think about in my day when I was a teenager, the Beatles mm-hmm. arrive. Yes, and Ed, Ed, yes. The, the screaming scream. girls. Right. And before that, it was um, Elvis Presley, I guess, and Frank Sinatra before that. And then more recently, somebody like One Direction. I don't know who the current boy band is, but I'm sure it's generating all kinds of screams at, at concerts. And yet, if you look at somebody like Katy Perry, you know, talented, attractive, but the boys and the young men, they're, they're not screaming scream. in that same way. Uh-huh. So there's some gender differences that are really interesting as well. Well, I wondered about that. Is that learned behavior or instinctive behavior? You know, like why? I mean, I have been that person who sees a mouse and maybe not blood-curdling scream, but definitely expresses surprise. I know. I know. Um Pure speculation, that's that's a tough thing to try to figure out, and we haven't done the cross-cultural comparisons that would be necessary. My suspicion is that these are indeed innate human capacities and differences, but that's that's pure speculation at this point. Well, why are we, you know, why do we go see horror films? Why do we go to the Beatles show and scream? I mean, what kind of release is happening in us? Well, again, it's... Um, roller coasters and haunted houses, and people pay good money to go get themselves scared to death uh-huh. and scream. There was a study a few years ago where the researchers asked individuals on a roller coaster not to scream, and it was so much less fun. <laughs> it, it, there's an exp- there's a, a release, if you will, yeah. that comes from screaming, and that's probably ancillary. It's probably additional to any kind of function that screams had. But there's that emotional release as well. Now, what does that do? Screaming, if if you've got that emotional release, maybe it gives you greater flexibility in terms of dealing with the danger. Uh, Again, Uh nobody's – these are tough questions to explore. Right, but that could be the adaptive response, right? You know, there's not a predator coming to kill us at that moment, but screaming is some way of connecting to something, some other primal emotion. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Okay, so you've you've studied a lot of screams, and then you have people come into your lab, civilians like me, who may not necessarily be good at distinguishing screams. What do you do? Do you play sample screams? We do. We have a library of screams that we've collected <laughs> over the years, and that, a lot of them come from the Internet, um, but also TV and movies mm-hmm. and um, screams from different contexts. And so just as I'm sitting here with headphones on, the participants will sit down and hear a, 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 a bank of screams, and then they answer questions on a computer screen that gives us information. And they also fill out questionnaires about empathy 
and emotional processing and their experience with things like video games. Mm -hmm. And so we try to get a sense of what their backgrounds are as well. And do males differ from females in terms of their ability to discriminate one kind of scream from another? And the answer is yes, but then again, females have a slight advantage in terms of emotional processing in general. Mm -hmm. There's literature that indicates that. And perhaps pitch. There's that. There's that, yeah. Do you have any favorite screams, you know, Hollywood screams or otherwise? Well, my favorite, and it dates back to when I was just a child, and, and you played it. It's Fay Ray's classic scream. You know, they referred to those actresses as scream queens. Yeah. And Jamie Lee Curtis, I guess, was a more recent And her mother, generation. Janet Lee. Janet Lee, of course. That's right. So, yeah, I, I would have to say if I have to choose one scream, it's that classic Fay Ray on the ship as they're approaching King Kong's Island and and uh, she's asked to imagine something horrifying and she belts out that scream which again it's probably my favorite let's hear it again for good measure as we thank you so much Harold Gazoulis he's a psychologist and runs Emory's bioacoustics lab thank you so much for speaking with us my great pleasure throw your arms across your eyes and scream and scream for your life <laughs> So what is your favorite most blood-curdling scream? Drew Barrymore in Scream? Shelley Duvall in The Shining? Whoever that lady is in the bathtub at Nightmare in Elm Street? Let us know on our Facebook group, GPB Radio's On Second Thought, or give us a shout, couldn't resist, on Twitter at OST Talk. We're going to head into the break with an internet throwback. Taylor Swift, I knew you were trouble with backup vocals from a few screaming goats. <laughs> 